I'm Lisa Mullins, and this is The World. We're going to end today's program talking about light and dark. A couple of years ago, I spent the summer in Britain, most of it in Cambridge, England. It's a beautiful cobblestone place built around the venerable University of Cambridge. Around just about every corner, there's a church. One day, a friend and I walked by the medieval Church of St. Edward, King and Martyr. There was a sign in front that announced a goth service every other Tuesday night. The next Tuesday, it said, the featured music would be Leonard Cohen's. We thought we'd read the sign wrong or that something was lost in translation. Maybe goth was someone's name because it couldn't be the Visigoths. We could picture it, people in black leather and thick black eyeshadow sitting in the pews of this medieval church. That would be just too bizarre. So what? Tuesday night, I went. The church was cold and stony and cavernous, but despite all that, kind of welcoming. There was a man with red spiral curls. He was dressed in tight black leather. He was stretched out on the altar floor, lighting tea candles in the shape of a big cross. There was a dark-haired woman in a low-cut bustier with long black sleeves, fishnet stockings, and black boots with fringe. There was a stout man with a graying beard testing out the CD player. His name is Reverend Malcolm Geit. A few minutes later, he slipped on his clerical robe as he led the service. It was a small gathering. There were a few older women who seemed like they'd been there before. One of them asked for prayers for her daughter, who she said was about to make a very difficult decision. It didn't seem right to bring a microphone and recorder into the church. Anyway, I was there just because I was curious. But I went back to St. Edward Church about a week later. This time, I brought my recorder and asked Reverend Geit to tell the story about his service. The way the service works, obviously it's a Eucharist, it's, it's a celebration of Holy Communion, remembering the death uh, and resurrection of Jesus on the Last Supper. But at the core of it, in terms of the changes and the weekly teaching, I sit down with a number of Goths who come to it, and they choose a theme that they want to explore. And then they go and make a track list. They find from Goth bands, from Sisters of Mercy and um, Jesus and Mary Chain, and even on occasions challenge for me, Marilyn Manson, uh, all kinds of uh, people that they feel are dealing with the issue at stake. Meantime, I go off and try and find Bible passages that I think deal with the same issue. We meet together, we put together a track list and we perhaps a poem and all the lyrics. And then the sermon, when it comes, is a conversation between those two things. Sometimes that can be very powerful both ways. It can give a song new resonance for those who've often heard it. And it can give a Bible passage completely new resonance for those who've often heard it. One of the things those of us in the church heard the night of the goth service was the music of 78-year-old Canadian poet, songwriter, and singer Leonard Cohen. It was a Cohen CD that Reverend Guide had been fiddling with before he took to the pulpit. The whole service was called There is a Crack in Everything, the spirituality of Leonard Cohen, referring to his beautiful uh, lyric in Anthem, There is a crack, a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. To some people, it might be a bit shocking to bring secular music into the church. Reverend Geit thinks it's a way to reach those who are not moved by the hymnal. First of all, I think Leonard Cohen is a really fine poet, and he has a constant religious frame of reference. And he does, like some neglected biblical writers, like the author of The Song of Songs, one of the things he does is fuse our deepest intimacies. So he's very profound about human intimacy, about love life, about sex life, and often in the same verses of the very same songs. 
profound about our intimacy with God and the way those different intimacies are related. Now, a church that isn't going to be clear and upfront about the way those intimacies link isn't going to be talking the language of reality to people. The goth service gets people to open their hearts, he says, including hearts that are broken, lost in obsession or addiction. One of our Bible passages was about Saul afflicted with the evil spirit from the Lord, we're told. Saul's rages and um, uncontrollable moments of personality change, really. And how David came and played the harp for him. And when David played the harp and sang, the evil spirit went out from Saul. And we connected with the ways in which Leonard Cohen has a, a song or a music which does seem to connect deeply with what's hurts in people and bring some kind of healing and of course we played the famous song hallelujah which alludes to this i heard there was a secret chord that david played and it pleased the lord um but it which goes on of course to to talk about the hidden light in even the apparently secular um where he says there's a blaze of light in every word it doesn't matter which you heard the holy or the broken hallelujah and uh, the way in which he talks about some kind of light breaking in through our very weaknesses. There's a blaze of light in every word It doesn't matter which you heard The holy or the broken Hallelujah I mean, the very opening words of the whole service are from John's Gospel that light shines in the darkness and the darkness has never overcome it. But in the confidence of that light shining there, we do examine darkness and certainly depression and um, suicidal thoughts are issues that I think a number of people that come regularly to goth have had to deal with and wrestle with or they've had friends who've had to deal with and wrestle with those things. I think we live in a society which actually represses sorrow a great deal of time. And then when the repressed sorrow breaks out, can't cope at all. And people go from one extreme to the other. They go from a false mask of happiness to a slough of despond so deep that they can't get out of it. And that's because they've lost the power of lament lamentation that doesn't destroy hope. The night that Reverend Malcolm Guite conducted the goth service, something happened. I was sitting close enough to take part, but far enough from the altar to feel separate. It was just more comfortable that way. But when it came time for the Eucharist, the time to approach the altar to receive the wafer, I looked up from the pew and saw somebody signaling to me from the altar. It was the woman in the bustier. You want me? I said. She walked up to me and extended her hand. I wasn't sure what the tradition was in this church, but she whispered it to me. We walked to the altar together, knelt next to each other, and she told me what to do. I guess I sort of knew anyhow. She leaned toward me to give me a hug and then walked me back to my seat when it was all done. I realized that in this service, meant for those who feel marginalized, who don't belong, she invited me to belong. This program, The World, is all about exploring where we as a country and we as individuals belong in the wider world. It has been a privilege like no other to connect with people on the other side of the planet with whom we might think we have nothing in common. And it's been a life lesson to see how people who have much to lament in their lives don't let lamentation destroy their hope or their will. That gives me hope. 
This is my last program as anchor of the world. It is very tough to move on. The people who make this show happen are wickedly smart and entertaining and generous in spirit and deed. They rock my world, and you do too.